Hey everybody, it's Mike here. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Twas Now Tuesdays. Just a little note, we had a realization just now as we were mixing this episode down that we had some routing wrong in our recording program. And uh, so the, the sound is a little off for this next one on the mics. So we're sorry about that, but you can still hear everything clearly. It just uh, has a little bit of a echo in it. So uh, sorry about that. We'll get it sorted out for next week. Uh, sit back and enjoy the episode. <laughs> Now Tuesdays, a podcast about music, marriage, and a glimpse into the life of two self-employed artists with Diana and Mike Urban. Not once did get through. I've written you a letter you should get today, saying I miss you tonight in an old-fashioned way. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Twas Now Tuesdays. I am Mike Erb. <laughs> Did that sound it too pro? It says our names in the title. In That's the okay. Intro. I am Mike Erb. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are. And? And I'm Diana. Yes, you are. Herb. <laughs> I wish we could somehow show people the look that you're giving me right now. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's not Good my morning. fault if you're a dork sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We had a great weekend. I hope you guys did too. We we had a nice relaxing weekend compared to the week before. So we didn't do a whole lot. We got some work done around the house. And I just want to skip right to the Grammys. And we I'm watched excited. the Grammys last night. Grammy week. That's the one thing that I look forward to every year to watch on TV. I really don't watch anything else for the most I, part. I was so excited because <clears throat> um, I don't think I've ever felt so well represented at the Grammys mm-hmm. as a woman. And it was amazing this year to see so much female representation. Yeah. And there were hardly any men in the show. I know. Which was cool. Yeah. And uh, and also so much representation of uh, people of color, too. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the categories were a little bit more broad than yep. they sometimes are. Things weren't so whitewashed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I was most excited, and I have my shirt on, my Brandy Carlisle shirt. Brandy Carlisle was nominated for six Grammys this six. year. Six? Wow. Six. And um, I'm a huge fan. I think in the last two years, that's probably what I've been listening to most is mm-hmm. Brandy Carlisle. I think we're super fans after seeing her at Massey Hall. Yeah. Yeah, we saw them at Massey Hall last... When was that? In the summer? Uh, yes, summer. Yeah, and it, I think I think it was probably the best concert I've ever seen. They put on such a good show. Yep, I think it was... And we were even way up in the nosebleeds in Massey Hall. Yeah. <laughs> There's not really a bad seat there, unless you're behind a pole. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we, were, we were pretty far up there. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> it um, was very good. It's cool for me, because I could see all their gear. Yeah. Really nice and... Yeah. Why would you think I don't want to see the gear? Yeah, I'm just saying it. That's why I liked it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that was by far the best show I've ever seen. It was just stunning. Yeah. And the 
the Grammys last night. Yeah, I think it was just so cool to see. Yeah, they performed The Joke. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, w- that song was nominated for two awards, I think. Mm-hmm. And won both of them, I believe. I heard, I heard that she won every category, or every award in the Americana yeah. category. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think it's probably worth noting that, um, you know, Brandy Carlisle is the name of the singer, but it's Exactly. A, I was just going to say oh, that. Oh, it's a trio. Yeah. Um, with their she and her, her two, two partners. Uh, bandmates tim and phil hansroth right they're twins yeah and the three of them have been playing together since the beginning mm-hmm. and by the way i forgive you is what their like sixth album yeah they've right? done quite a bit they've they've worked really hard to get where they're at mm-hmm. and uh yeah they're very talented yeah. i love the songs i love the performance mm-hmm. uh yeah so if you haven't heard brandy carlisle you're you're missing out yes i'm sure a lot more people are gonna go and stream her album now Another of my current favorites was nominated for an award, Margot Price. Yes. So those were my two my Women. two biggest... Uh, what was she up for? Uh, she was up for Best New Artist. Okay. Yeah. She didn't win the award. Right. But um, yeah, the nomination is a huge honor yeah. anyway. She's so great. Mm-hmm. If you don't have her albums, I don't know how many she has, but we have two of them. Yeah. All American Made and... Um, Far- Midwest Farmer's Daughter. Midwest Farmer's Daughter. And that, both those albums are just killer. Yeah. Really, really cool. And she also is in a band with her husband. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I like them even more. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, just so many women on stage. Yeah, so many women. And yeah, it was, I, I thought was that was so neat. I was saying to Mike when we were watching it, I was noticing how, how much he was noticing all the women on stage. And I think it's interesting to point out that current days excluded because things seem to be changing but for a long time in the past that's kind of how it is for women and girls Mm -hmm. seeing men in the spotlight Mm -hmm. most of the time and getting the base honors Mm -hmm. um and dominating everything yeah and women being a minority so it was i i'm sure it was a conscious decision on their part at the grammys this year um and i'm sure alicia keys was a big supporter of that decision Mm -hmm. but yeah it was really great to see Women just dominating the show. Yeah. Maybe not all the awards, but definitely yeah, I don't know. more well-represented than in the past, I would mm. say. I want to check the whole list of recipients today, see what else there was. I thought it was really neat that uh, Casey Musgraves won Country Album of the Year. Yep. We didn't watch that because we're old and we went to bed. <laughs> we were falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> we made it till a little past 11. But, but I checked Twitter this morning so and... yeah. <laughs> I checked Twitter this morning and she won. Her performance, I thought, was one of the oh, best. Oh, yeah, it was great. She, she and Brandy. Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, like... It, we may be a little biased because, you know, it's more similar to the style of music that we make, but hmm. but I also felt like their performances were the strongest. Well, I think it's... We might be biased, but I'm happy to be biased about singing in tune and singing live. Oh. I'm serious. <laughs> you heard me last night and yeah, I'm not afraid to there admit it here, some... but performances which were pretty disappointing yeah uh, and i'm and that were obviously just being lip-synced to tracks mm-hmm. recorded tracks and that's the thing right when there's so much choreography nobody can sing while they're doing all that choreography no so they have to sing to a track but i really would like to hear the person's voice mm-hmm. when it's an award show for music you know what i mean yeah absolutely when did that change i have no idea i guess i'm guessing with the technology i don't well like lip syncing has always been a thing like one of the greatest performances not on such a broad scale yeah i don't know like the beatles did it um all those ed Ed sullivan shows and stuff like that 
it's always kind of been a thing, especially when there's high stakes, you know, like one of the biggest um, vocal performances that people say ever existed was Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl Yeah. in the 90s. And that's lip synced. Are you sure? Yep. But the the thing is, is it, it doesn't see with that performance. It's like, well, yeah, it's the Super Bowl. It's in front of a bajillion people. They, they can't afford to have any can, any kind of technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, what you're hearing, she still slayed it in the studio. Yeah, it's not all. It's not like it's with yeah auto tune and effects. And so in in situations like that, I get it. But when it's an award show, I don't know. I just don't. Well, I think it's just the nature of the genre too. You know, like some of those genres. Yeah. That's just the norm. Everything has to be absolutely perfect. I and... just don't think a lot of people realize that <clears throat> that things like that are pre-recorded. Oh no! And I think maybe it... that's what our podcast should be about. We can just call people out for who's um, <laughs> faking, like that. You know, f- yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't no, think. No, I don't. Not, I think we're not here to criticize or you know mm-hmm. tear people apart because I I like to build artists up. Yeah. You know, absolutely. In every situation. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really obvious. I thought last night Mm -hmm. who the stronger performers were. Mm -hmm. And of course, Dolly Parton was amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. It's nice to see her honored. Oh, I'm so glad they did a, a trio thing. Mm -hmm. If anyone, if you folks haven't heard the trio album from, I don't know, did they do more than one? No, I think just the one album. Just the one album, probably eighties. And that was Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmylou Harris. Harris. And it's a great album. Oh, yeah. So that last night was a little bit of a tribute to that. Top 10 all-time mm-hmm. favorites for sure. Um, so now I'm going to have to make a top 10 list because I said that. There you go. Maybe we can present that next week. <laughs> Our top 10 list. Yeah. Aren't you all interested in my top 10 records? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the other big thing that's kind of been on my radar this weekend is um, the controversy with Pledge Music. For those who don't know... Pledge Music is a company that helps fund artists' albums. So where you can, as an artist, you can set up an account and host uh, a campaign to raise funds for your album. And in the last, I don't know, I just caught wind of it this weekend. I don't know how long this has been going on, but I guess that company is bankrupt, if I'm not mistaken, or has gone bankrupt. And there's a lot of artists, some friends of ours included, that are not getting paid. Um, I guess when you set up this fund, your, your own fundraiser, you have to raise 100%. You have to have a, a finished campaign. And, and and that's when you get paid. And you get paid 60% of the funds of that total. And then Pledge Music takes their cut. And then they give you the rest when the album is complete. From what I understand, it's that remaining money that they owe to every single artist that they haven't been paying people. So that's something I think that everyone should be aware of because apparently they haven't shut this company down and it's still online and they're still accepting campaigns from that's people. That's not right. I know. So there's kind of some stuff going around online saying, you know, don't don't donate to these anymore through Pledge Music until right. things get worked out. So keep an eye on that for all of you people out there that like to support independent artists we obviously appreciate it but i think for now maybe steer clear of pledge music until that all gets sorted out so we uh made some warm beverages and uh we're ready to keep talking to you yeah <laughs> what are you drinking mike i am drinking black coffee by nice. Masco- no this is uh kicking horse kicking horse this was a gift from benjamin rollo Oh, After we played that the show at the registry. The medium blend. Exactly. That's a good one. Made in a tiny little personal bodum, a one pour, one cup bodum. Mm-hmm. 
And what are you drinking, honey? I made myself a loose leaf Earl Grey tea with coconut sugar. Whoa. Yeah. I'm more than just a coffee person. Yeah, I'll forget it. I like caffeine any way I can get it. We like kicking horse coffee because it's delicious, but it also reminds us of our honeymoon. Yes. We had our honeymoon out in that area. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have any coffee when we were out there from them. Do you remember? They didn't have coffee. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. We had to drive like an hour to go get coffee. That's right. That was hard. (laughs) It was hard. That was a good test. That's probably why we're so good. That was a good test that first week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Day one. Man. (laughs) Waking up with no coffee. (laughs) Welcome to your new life. (laughs) This is marriage. This is a test. What are you going to do? So, I was thinking, you know, this top 10 list thing that you said earlier about your top 10 favorite albums, I think we should start that today and I'll do mine because... Yeah, you want to steal my idea? Yeah. All right. And I know um, my top 10 list. I have it. Do. I have it on a Google document and I update <laughs> it every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All so, right. Well, that's fair because it's going to take me a little more time mm-hmm. because I like to consider things. I consider things too. I know. You just do it more. My right, top 10 list hasn't changed much I since I started this document. It's been... When did you start this document? Oh, 10 years. When did Google Docs first come out? <laughs> it was the first thing I made. Okay, let's have um, it. Let's, let's have it. Okay. Are you going to go in order? Like, do they have an order or do you just have a list? They don't really have an order. I might be able to order them at some point. Yeah? But is there one I'll go by... No, I'm going to gonna try to um, present it by... In chronological order. Oh, okay. So... You know, albums. Oldest to newest? Not necessarily the oldest albums, but yeah. Well, I guess they will be, yeah. Or is it biographical, chronological? That's what I mean, biographical. Like, why I discovered it, when, and, or like, yeah. You know, you get it. That's super nerdy. I know. I like it. Yeah. So, number one, Neil Young, After the Gold Rush. Nice. So, as I mentioned before, my brother Rudy had um, a big record collection, and he bought two of everything and didn't open one. So, we have... Two copies of uh, After the Gold Rush, and one of them is not opened. Anyways, that's an album that Rudy turned on to me. He was a Neil Young fan, and uh, and that was probably the first Neil Young I had ever heard, and just fell in love with that record. And Great record. Subsequently, Neil Young, and I've seen him eleven times in concert, <laughs> and I think every one of those was with Rudy, probably. You went with me once. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, After the Gold Rush, and they performed that song last night, the trio. Yeah. Which was stunning. And uh, everything about that album is just fantastic. Only Love Can Break Your Heart is probably my favorite Neil Young song ever. I was just going to ask what your favorite song on the album was. Comes from that album, yeah. That's a great song. I also like the I Believe in You. I think that's a gorgeous song. Mm-hmm. Number two, I would say, let me just look here. So hang on, what year did that After the Gold Rush come out? Do you know? 72-ish, probably. Okay. Cool thing about After the Gold Rush, if you people know that song, After the Gold Rush, it's piano on there and um i can't remember the whole story but somehow neil had heard of nils lofgren who was uh at that point a really young guitar dude in la a really up-and-coming guy and he now has been with bruce springsteen forever for like 30 40 years but back then nils was this younger generation guitar guy and neil heard about him and neil went and told him that he wants to hire him to play on that record for him 
And so he showed up at the sessions and Neil said, okay, I want you to play piano on this song. And the guy said, I'm a guitar player. And Neil said, yeah, I know, but I, f I feel like you would be a really good piano player and, and you would do this <laughs> wow. really well. So he made him, and Can I think you imagine he imagine being put on the spot like that? I know. I think he had learned accordion. So he was able yeah. to transfer those skills, yeah. but yeah, that's, so that's him on that song. Yeah, that's an and, amazing uh, story. But anyways, yeah, so that's... It's a beautiful song. It's a gorgeous song. I guess Neil was right. So that's after the gold rush. Number two, I think, would probably have to be Stan Rogers' Fogarty's Cove. Fogarty's Cove was um, an album that my best friend, his dad, played for us one time. And uh, their parents had, like, surround sound all around the house. And cool. he put on this record, and we were in the kitchen. I heard this finger picking, and yeah. I was just like, what is this? And... Yeah. And he told me, he said, you don't know who Stan Rogers is? And uh, I just fell in love with that album. And it's of course, it has... I, I grew up listening to that a lot because my mom's a huge Stan Rogers fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. What year did it's that too one bad we don't have him 70s, anymore. right? No, it was 80s. Was it early 80s? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think it was around 80, 81. And it has 45 years on it, which is probably my favorite song ever written. And yeah. the first and song I put on your mix, your first yeah. mixtape, mix CD. When we started dating, Mike put that song, I think it was the first track on a mix CD that he made for me. And uh, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy there. I think that was the first week we were dating. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Sounds about but right. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. And uh, I think you weren't being too bold because it was pretty clear what was yeah. going to happen. It worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number three, I'm going to say is in chronological order, I would say probably uh, Canadiana Suite by Oscar Peterson, which I don't even know if I've really listened to it with you, babe, because... I'm pretty sure I've heard that. We don't have it anymore, and I don't... I keep forgetting to get yeah, it. We don't have it in the house, do we? But it was the first Oscar Peterson album I ever had. Is that the one with Ode to Joy? Or not Ode to not Joy? Not Ode to Joy. <laughs> That's a different guy. Um, I know that. Different I just, piano guy. Him to Freedom. Him to Freedom. Um, I can see why I'd confuse those titles, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's not on that. It's not on that album, no. Okay. And a story about Oscar Peterson. My parents, where they live, their next door neighbor was for a long time the president of St. Mary's Hospital. And if you remember, um, when we were teenagers, like in the mid '90s or so, St. Mary's was going through a rough time, I think, and they were having some fundraising concerts. And they had Oscar Peterson in to center in the square to do something to do with St. Mary's, a fundraiser. And I wanted to go, but couldn't. I can't remember why. And the next day, I was out mowing my parents' lawn, and Mr. Antonello was outside, and, and I said to him, I said, how was the Oscar Peterson concert last night? And he, and I was like, you know, 13 or 14. And yeah, he, not only that, but you would have been wearing, like, ripped jeans and a Grateful Dead yeah, tie-dye totally. shirt. Yeah, maybe a headband. Yeah. John Lennon sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um... And he looked at me weird. He said, you know who Oscar Peterson is? And I said, I love Oscar Peterson. He's like my idol. And he said, I wish I wish I knew that because Oscar was here for dinner last night with his oh wife and he gosh. played piano for us for an hour wow. before the show. So he was right beside my parents' house. And I was sitting at home and probably playing like here. Sega. So that's my Jamming one, out on your drums or one big regret wow. was not realizing that Oscar Peterson was next door playing piano. But that album, Canadiana Suite, fantastic album. Um, I'm going to have to go find it this week, I think. Next one I would say would be Mule Variations by Tom Waits. Mm. Tom Waits, this album is just... It's fantastic. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it has a song on there, A House Where Nobody Lives. Yeah. And I just weep every time I hear it. And I first heard that a friend of mine, JJ, from Silver Lake. We were at Silver Lake together and we had the night off. And we Silver went in the... Silver Lake is a camp where Mike was yeah. a counselor for a yeah. long time. Silver Lake Mennonite Camp. And uh, we had the night off together and we went in the staff lounge and she put this... CD on and she said, Mike, you're not allowed to say a word until this song is, until this album is done. 
and we sat there in the dark and listened to this album and it was like it's good to have friends who appreciate music oh yeah and I was a fan ever since and I own a copy of it on vinyl and I haven't opened it it's so special to me that I'm purposely waiting until that right moment to open it I think it might be when Elliot has his first beer with me or something <laughs> and uh but yeah it's great album next I would say would be uh, I'm not going in the right order anymore but um one of my favorite songwriters is a friend of ours from New York his name is Richard Julian and he had an album out called Slow New York, which is... He's one of my all-time favorite songwriters. Mm -hmm. The songs he writes just yeah. reach into your soul. He's one of those guys that has a lot of respect within the music community, um, but not so much wide public attention. He's kind of a musician's musician. And he some really high-profile people think that he's just fantastic. Specifically, Bonnie Raitt has taken him on tour a lot and... Laura Jones and Randy Newman has said that Richard is one of the best writers he's heard. And this and slow Diana New York. Herb said that too. And Diana Herb said that. Um, and this slow New York album is just amazing. And, and it brings back a lot of memories because that was, I was listening to that a lot right around the time that I was living in New York at the Menno House in Manhattan. And I would go out almost every night of the week and see Richard and those guys play. And that's how I first met him. And I was right there right when that album kind of, finished and yeah it's just unbelievable stuff speaking of randy newman that would be my next one on the list randy newman good old boys that is a classic album from the 70s that we've always loved that's a special album for our family we listened to that a lot when we were first dating and first married and it was funny because elliot recognized randy newman's voice as from the toy story the guy soundtrack. from the toy story soundtrack <laughs> so he thought that good old boys which was recorded in the 70s was the toy story soundtrack so elliot would have been three or four at this yeah. time right it was yeah. funny because you know there's a song on there it's it's a kind of political album about racism in the south and and race issues in the south and and um the one song is called birmingham and elliot thought it was ham as in the pig from Toy Story. Yeah, so Randy would be singing Birmingham, and Elliot would be in the backseat of the car, and he'd go, Ham! Ham! Every That's the only word he would get. Yeah, son Birmingham. And there was another song on there. I don't remember the name of it, uh, but but it's about Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And another Toy Story character is, is a little Wheezy. penguin named Wheezy. Yeah, and he thought that was Wheezy. Yeah, he was Louisiana. Song about Wheezy. Wheezy. Yeah, Louisiana, <laughs> 1927. That's a gorgeous song. It's really funny how kids uh can change your experience of music <laughs> yeah totally absolutely yeah uh, so that that's a big one for me what have i missed john prine probably my favorite songwriter consistently um in terms of the way he writes such simple songs with yeah, three or four chords and he's still going strong finger picks yep and uh so his first album which i think was just called john prine is i would say actually any album by john prine is probably my favorite that first album where he, he has a song called Sam Stone uh, about a, a Vietnam vet who comes home yeah. and there's um, Hello in there and yeah. just... Yeah, and a lot like for the same reasons that I love Richard Julian's writing, it's it's got that same ability to just touch your soul and make you want to cry and laugh at the same time. Yeah. You know? You'll think it's a funny song and then all of a sudden they'll pull out one line that just breaks your heart. Yeah. Oh. yeah they both they both do that with their writing, don't they? Yeah. The, my favorite line by Richard is from another album of his and he said he says life is a dream that comes in between your birthday and your heart attack. Mm -hmm. 
I just think that's a great line. So uh, Randy Newman, no, what did I say? John Prime. Two more left. Next, I would say, again, probably anything by this artist, but Mark Knopfler has always been a big, uh, I was going to say a big fan of mine. <laughs> no, I've always been <laughs> a big <laughs> fan of Mark Knopfler and um, his solo record, Rag Picker's Dream. That's a great one. It's beautiful. One. Uh, the production on it, like the, the sound of the album, the way they recorded it and the way they mixed it, and also just the songs and the instrumentation are just killer. It mm-hmm. sounds so good. The The title track, Rag Picker's Dream, is just a gorgeous finger-picking song that I still, to this day, I think it's probably my favorite acoustic guitar sound ever, When the way it's been recorded. And I don't know what kind of guitar he used, but just beautiful. And then two more, Natalie Hemby, who is not well-known at all, but she is well-known within the Nashville scene. She's actually a writer, so she spends most of her time as an employed writer writing fairly big country hits for bigger country artists as most people know the the famous country bands and records that you and singers that you listen to at home uh many of them don't write their own songs or at least they co-write and so that's what natalie does for a living um but she did her first and only solo album a couple years ago it was called puxico it's just beautiful and it's yeah it's stunning really really good stuff and then last, my favorite Canadian album by far, um, and again on my top 10 all-time favorite, is Provincial by John K. Sampson. Yes. John K. Sampson is the lead, was the lead singer and writer of The Weaker Thans, who should really be on my list as well, because um, we love The Weaker Thans in this house. Um, but John is a amazing lyricist and poet. He has a, a book of poetry out as well, uh, containing poems and all his song lyrics. And he, his provincial album was his first solo album, I believe. And it's it's beautiful. And it's got another line in one of their songs that when it when he sings it, Di and I just look at each other and we both like kind of start crying. And it's um as I stand before an unresponsive automatic door, just another door that won't open for me anymore. Oh, oh man. <laughs> So anyways, that's that's my top 10 list. It'll be Those different. Those are all very poetic writers. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. You can tell I'm really into lyrics. Yeah. It's interesting when I talk to people about music. It, or it's interesting to talk to other musicians. Like, some musicians are like, wow, that's interesting. Like, the music or the, the lyrics are what does it for you. Yeah. And part of me is like, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, and but it's I got to remember, like, some people are just more... Um, you know, in tune with the music and, and yeah. you know, thinking yeah, of words is kind of the second, yeah. w- which seems completely backwards to me, but it's someone else's reality. And so Everybody I... Everybody experiences music differently. But yeah, I'm, I, from this list, I guess you can tell that it's it's all about lyrics for me. That's what I'm always listening for. Mm-hmm. If there's not good lyrics or if it's really cliche lyrics, then I'm usually right. not, I'm not interested. <laughs> so there you have it. I guess next week we'll do Diana's top yeah, 10. Yeah, I'm going to have to put some thought into it and try not to double up with any of yours. Maybe. We do like a lot of the same music, yeah, right. <laughs> but I think I have I think I have a list of ten that that uh, are not on your list. Cool. Um, yeah, but I also think like you have a lot of musical influence that's not on that list, so it's interesting which ones you pick mm-hmm. as your favorites. Influence in my writing and just in your life, yeah. like you've listened to all kinds of different music, mm-hmm. but your favorites seem to be you know depressing. The word is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess they're all kind of emotional. Emotional, emotional picks. You're finger just, finger picking soft-y. acoustic. So, so I guess that's that's going to be it for episode. Yeah. This is our third uh, episode of Twas Now Tuesdays. And we're just having so much fun sitting and chatting 
and sharing our thoughts with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, like, doing this podcast because we've never done anything like this before. And we're just having these private conversations, but mm-hmm. yet they're public private conversations yeah. now. Because anyone can hear it. Yeah. I was thinking Whoa, about that really? this week. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and... Uh, um, yeah, we're really enjoying it and we want to keep going and we hope you guys are enjoying it too. We'd also like to invite you to give us your comments and your feedback. If you want to leave messages for us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, if you're listening on anchor, you can even record a voice message and send it to us. If you have a question for us or a comment that might spark some conversation for us that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise. So please feel free to do that. So we'll uh, look forward to chatting with you again next time. And I am going to have a top 10 list for you. Yes. Goodbye. Bye.